Welcome, welcome, welcome to Chromatic Distortion with Corey Caesar. A child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. God is smiling on you, but he's frowning too, because only God knows what you'll go through. You'll grow in the ghetto, living second rate, and your eyes will sing a song of deep hate. The places you play and where you stay looks like one great big alleyway. You'll admire all the number book takers, thugs, pimps, and pushers, and the big money makers. Driving big cars, spending 20s and 10s, and you want to grow up to be just like them. <laughs> Smugglers, scramblers, burglars, gamblers, pickpocket peddlers, even panhandlers. You say, I'm cool, <laughs> I'm no fool, but then you wind up dropping out of high school. Now you're unemployed. This thing even on? Testicles one, two, testicles one, two. What's going on, all you beautiful bastards and all you beautiful people that have a father in your life? Welcome back to Chromatic Distortion. I'm your host, as always, that mildly flirtatious, Corey Caesar. It's Saturday, July 13th, and that marks a very special day here at Chromatic Distortion. It's officially the one year anniversary from us dropping that pilot episode. Birthday, bitch. Two times for the birthday, bitch. Yeah, that's right. If you've been keeping track, uh, we are at episode 34. We did take a two-month little break at the end of 2018 to kind of retool, rethink the direction of the podcast, how we were going to publish, um, what kind of content we were going to do. Uh, and we and we came back strong in 2019. And since then, and even before then, there, there was a little bit of support, but it's, been, it's really been great uh, uh, since 2019, the start. Um, it's been it's been amazing, guys. I really do appreciate it. We're currently standing at about uh, 6,100 downloads, and that's worldwide. The last time I checked, it's been about a month, but the last time I checked, we were at uh, about 40 states in, in, the, in the U.S., and we hit about 21 or 22 countries. Um, have a listen to at least one episode of Chromatic Distortion. That's pretty pimp. I really do appreciate it. Um, with that being said, I do have some great content coming up. If you follow the Instagram page at Chromatic Distortion Podcast, you may have seen that I posted the first installment of a little segment we're going to be doing weekly, and that's called One Minute Rants with Chromatic Distortion. Um, and that's going to be an Instagram, uh, Instagram exclusive, guys. That's it. That's not that's not gonna go to Facebook. I don't like the audio. I don't like the way the audio uh transfers to face to Facebook. It's trash. Um the audio here though, uh, Instagram keeps the integrity of the audio and I'm I'm doing it through the microphone, so I want it to sound good. I want it to sound professional, but that's gonna be only on Instagram. It's to keep the content current, to keep the content fresh. Um so so you need to follow the page if you went if you want in on that. Um it won't be political at all. It's gonna be straight comedy. And my plan, like I said, is to do that weekly. We drop our episodes on Monday. Uh, I'm going to do those on Wednesdays or Thursdays every week. That's the plan as of right now. I already got a list I'm going to start. Uh, and it's just free ball. I'm not, uh, I'm not writing nothing down for those. I'm literally just off the off the dome, getting in, getting it in in one minute. Whatever I say, I say, and it's coming out. Um, the first one was about baby powder in your balls. So check that out. Instagram, at Chromatic Distortion Podcast. Uh, now, speaking of weekly, weekly releases, you can get ready, guys. I do plan on bringing the show um, back to a weekly publishing. So I'm going to drop these weeklies uh, coming up shortly. I'm not sure when um, that ex- that transition will happen, but I'm assuming it will be sooner than later. It's 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 just too it's just t- it's just too much time in between. Um, and I'm getting bored. So I think the route I want to take is I'm going to do uh, uh, like current event episodes, kind of like I'm going to do today, um, with a little bit of twists here and there, like different different types of current events. Um, uh, and then follow that up the next week with an episode like we have been doing. So like a serial killer editions, for uh, for instance, or a history, uh, something on history, something on politics, uh, et cetera. Something just about life, something something crazy that happened. The kind, kind of episodes we have been doing, right? Um, so how I'm going to be doing these episodes, these current event episodes is basically, I just pull in interesting stories throughout the week and, uh, and I, and I'm throwing like in my notes. So I, I just, I just come across like a, like a headline I see that looks interesting. I throw on my, my little notes, my little notes pad, and then I just go back and I, and I, I read them and I, I picked out a few stories and we're just going to talk about them a little bit. 
So that's that's pretty much how we're going to be doing these. So let's see what kind of shenanigans the good folk of the world have been partaking in. So let's start with this. Now, I assume you guys have heard of these dumb fucks on the internet. I've seen, I'm sure you've seen the the videos of them all posting around because because you can't miss it if you if you're involved in life at all on social media. Uh, but you got these cucks licking ice cream in stores and then putting that shit back on the shelves. Well, I got a w- little one-upper story for you guys. A little one-upper story than than a little bit more than just uh, some liquid, uh, some some licking, you know, just some, some transfer of herps. Um, there's a Florida woman who's facing two felony charges after she allegedly ruined a neighboring's uh, uh, shop's $2,000 worth of ice cream you ready for this guys she, she she's thinking she's r kelly she, she's peeing into the ice cream machine and flicking burgers into containers and her her real name jung soon uh Whipcha, who owns a food mart in indian shores was arrested monday and charged with criminal mischief and tampering with consumer products related to alleged offenses against the ice cream shop next door. That's fucking blasphemy. You can fuck with people's ice creams, dude. I'll get you fucking stabbed. I'm just saying, man. Snitches get bitches. People that fuck with ice cream. We're going to bury you. Sorry. Now, now you might be saying to yourself, you know, this must be like a teenager or, some, or somebody, right? In the early stages of like needing to give a fuck about life. But you'd be wrong. So 66. She's a grandma. Now police say the surveillance video show the uh, uh, 66-year-old Whipcha adulterating the ice cream made by Lulu's ice cream shop next door, uh, next to her store, according to the Tampa Bay Times. Now these two businesses, uh, according to these reports, apparently share a bathroom. And and police said. Video shows Whipcha using the facility with the door open on five occasions last month. She's just like, just watch me pee and poo. Now, cam- cameras uh, also caught her shoving her hands into ice cream containers on one occasion and picking her nose and sticking her hands in the ice cream on another. Now, police allege in court documents that she also spit into the ice cream containers, urinated in the ice cream churning machine, then emptied the pee into the sink used to rinse out ice cream equipment and bowls, dude. She was like leaving no no stones unturned or no ice cream unchurned. It's going to be that new Baskin Robbers. They got thir- they got 32 flavors now, pee. Uh, um, Lulu's, poor Lulu's, had a trash $2,000 worth of ice cream to ensure public safety. Now, according to Tampa Bay station WTVT, the business was closed for five days in order to ensure everything was safe to reopen. Lulu's co-owner, Paul Chalili, said he suspects envy is the motive. Quote, I guess she wasn't liking that we were getting popular. I don't know though, man. I, I don't know, guys. I'm gonna have to retract my uh, recant my statements I earlier made. I may have to cut this this girl some slack here. You know, I kind of want to pee on this dude's shit too after hearing that statement. Like, really, guy? She's jealous of you guys. I got a feeling there was some kind of undertoned um, beef going on here. I'm sure. I'm sure you might have been being an asshole, maybe of some sort. Maybe you were. Uh, maybe it had something to do with that ba- that shared bathroom. Maybe you weren't uh, pulling your weight, guy. Maybe she was doing all the cleaning, you were doing all the peeing. You know, she's like, well, I'll give you some of this pee back then. I'm tired of wiping up your floor. You're peeing on the seat. I'll pee in your fucking uh, churning machine, guy. I mean, right? An eye for an eye. Let's do it. Um, she, uh, she was released Monday night from Pinellas County Jail, though, on $55,000 bond. $55,000. That seems... A little excessive, but I, I'm not a. Um, I haven't been involved in in many uh, bond scenarios, and I, I've never been arrested, but like once when I was real young, and it wasn't for nothing serious. But I think it's ten percent you get out for bonds. So that's five hundred fifty thousand, if my math's correct. I'm pretty decent at math. 
that seems a little that seems a little excessive for P. But um, there's a moral. There's a moral of the story, I guess, and that is close the bathroom door when you pee. Leave people's ice creams alone. Don't be R. Kelly. Right. And speaking of R. Kelly, real quick, we'll just touch on that since since we mentioned the guy. Um, that piece of shit was arrested again this week and indicted in Chicago and also in New York hit him with charges of kidnapping, racketeering, and forced labor and sexual exploitation of a child. That that fucking guy. Um, we just need to lock that. We just need to lock him up. Moving on, we had two major drug busts on some sea vessels recently. It's pretty pimp. Some big ones too at that. Um, we had a ship with more than one billion, one billion dollars in cocaine aboard, and that was seized in Philadelphia on the fourth of July. It's fourth July. I'm ready to pop these firecrackers. Don't pop them on me. What the police say? Yeah, the police right there. Oh shit! That the police run. This is crazy, man. The ship was owned by financial giant J.P. Morgan Chase. In case you've missed this story. U.S. Customs and Border Protection announced Monday that its agents discovered nearly 20 tons of cocaine. That's like 40,000 pounds for you novices. It was inside several shipping containers aboard the MSC Guyane while it was docked in Philadelphia's seaport. An estimated $1.3 billion worth of cocaine was taken from the ship, making it the largest cocaine seizure ever carried out by the Customs and border control. I mean, hey, records are, records are made to be broken, right? Uh, a seizure of a vessel this massive is complicated and unprecedented, but it is appropriate because the circumstances here are also unprecedented, said William McSwain, U.S. Attorney of the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. When a vessel brings such an outrageous amount of deadly drugs into Philadelphia waters, my office and our agency partners will pursue the most severe consequences possible against all involved parties in order to protect our district and our country. Gang, gang. That dude was like, fuck you, man. You bringing this shit in my town. We, we raised Rocky. Come climb our steps on coke. I mean, it'd help you out. Um, and also, raise your hand real quick if you just found out that Pennsylvania has a port and ocean access to the St. Lawrence Seaway. I'd be lying right now if my hand wasn't raised. And it, I literally just raised my hand. If there was a camera, you'd see my hand up in the air. I didn't know that shit. I learned something new every day. I love it. Uh, the MSC Guyane is the largest vessel ever to be seized in the agency's 230-year history. Because, you know, them British boats back then when we were seizing shit, you know, pirating the seas, uh, weren't that big. Then on Thursday, a dramatic video released by the U.S. Coast Guard showed service members jumping onto a moving submarine, bro, that was smuggling 17,000 pounds of cocaine, which was part of a larger $569 million drug bust. This shit was crazy. The crew of the Coast Guard Cutter uh, Munro had been undertaking a months-long effort to nab so-called narco-subs or self-propelled vessels that are often used in international waters by cartels and drug traffickers. It's fucking crazy, dude. It's like this little like semi-submersible um, vehicle. So it's like, almost like a sub. I think it has to kind of like almost be just poking out of the, the water just a little bit. You can see this video. It's fucking pimp, dude, but it looks like a sub. And, and this shit was like straight out of a fucking Vin Diesel movie, guys. You see this dude, he, he like leaps onto the top of a moving submarine and just starts like pounding on the hatch. And you hear him like, pull over or open the hatch, banging on the shit, right? It's like, come on, you know, who, because if, if this was a movie, you'd be like, come on, you know, who, who's going to open the door of a submarine, homie? Like, they're just going to take you to the, you know, they're just going to take you in the water real quick. Well, you know, a suspect ends up emerging from the top of the vessel with their hands up. At the end of the minute-long clip. So I guess the answer to my question is that guy. That guy's opening the hatch. Now five other sus uh, suspected smugglers were also found inside. So the moral of these two stories is... Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> that's fucking right, Rick James. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Um, now the, apparently a, a town in Idaho is... Uh, 
is having a little issue, and they're having a little issue with PETA. Now, you may be saying to yourself, you know, um, well, well, you know, Idaho's farmland, make sure it makes sense. PETA would probably be in there. You know, they might be doing some, some inappropriate thing to some animals. Um, but this isn't over the treatment of animals, guys. It's over the name of a road. That's right, PETA. Protection for in, in, treatment for animals. Worried about a, a road, a road name. Now, if you're confused, you should be. Because this road is just named Chicken Dinner Road. And that apparently doesn't fly with PETA. Now, Tracy Raymond... PETA executive vice president sent a letter. So they're like, this is a big deal to them. They're letting the, the executive vice president is authoring this letter. She writes, we're not trying to ruffle any feathers. Now, first of all, I love the pun. I'm, I'm, I love puns. So I'm already golf clapping her for that one right off the bat. We're not trying to ruffle any feathers. I'm like, I love it. Yeah, but words matter and have the power to change lives, both human and and non-human. Now, let me just stop real quick before I continue on the statement. I 100% agree with that because that is, there's no question, words matter and they have the power to change lives, both human and non-human. But this is the road. Um, so, so here, let's continue on with this letter. Chickens are intelligent, sensitive animals who feel pain and empathy and form strong bonds with one another and they shouldn't be considered dinner. PETA is asking Mara uh, Nonkalas to change this road's name to one that celebrates chickens as individuals, not as beings to kill, chop up, or label as dinner. Now, uh, I don't, I don't know about you guys if you're aware of this or not, but chickens can't read. They don't understand that there's this this road named Chicken Dinner Road. And if they could, so they're not offended by reading it and they don't understand words, like language from human beings. So when you, even if you're like, hey man, we named a road Chicken Dinner Road, ha ha, guy, we're going to eat you. Guess what? They're going to eat you anyway. That chick is not offended. They don't give a fuck. Are we in like, are we in this weird time where uh, like life's so good that PETA has time to worry about this. There's not other animal cruelties going on in the world. Like we're devoting time to a to a chicken dinner roll. And like if that's offending you, man, life's gonna chew you up and eat you hard, man. Eat you real hard if that offends you. You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it in this life. Sorry. And we are living in some weird fucking times, man. Now speaking of weird times, um, and, and but just real quick, uh going back to that, uh not being able to read uh you know the chicken chicken dinner road he can't read it all he wants to do is cross that road you know why did he cross he just wants to get to the other side he don't give a fuck what the name is he just trying to get to the other side and chickens don't fly very well they kind of get a little bit they can get they can get like 50 feet 30 feet i think 10 feet high at the most but he just wants to crawl across the uh cross the uh cross the road that's it leave him alone he don't care uh, over 400,000 people have committed to a Facebook event pledging the storm area 51 of September. If you, if, if, if you guys want to wear this story, I love this story, man. Uh, this, <laughs> this is an effort to, quote, see them aliens. See them aliens. As of Friday, 416,000 people were listed as going to this planned event, this planned raid, which uh, event organizers say will take place on September 20th at 3 a.m. An additional 428,000 people were listed as interesting or interested. That's approaching a million people. We're like, yeah, I want to fucking raid Area 51. That'd be pant. Um, attendees will supposedly meet at a nearby tourist attraction where they will coordinate our entry, aka coordinate a mass execution. Hashtag Waco 2019. Come on, guys, you guys can't fuck with the government. I'm just sorry. Not not like this. Um, <laughs> so the, so there's there's some posts, and, and one says, uh, if we <laughs> if we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets. 
the event description said referencing a Japanese comic character known for his speed. Now, there's over 21,000 posts already inside this event page um, with some Facebook users posting, quote, game plans, you know, for how how, how to uh, how the siege would go, including formations and rock throwers, dude. They're going to they're, they're like, hey, hey, we're going to get 13 people over here, 12 people over here. You're going to get the hot. You're going to get the high ground over here. Hey, I want you down below. Uh, just make sure you got rocks. And uh, I hope you got good aim. Uh, aim for the head, okay? Chest, chest is just going to make you mad. Definitely if you got a bulletproof vest on, it ain't going to do much, I don't think. And it depends on how big the rock is or how strong are you. How can you carry up to high ground? Eh. And, uh, this is, I don't know, this might this might, uh, this might, might be falling apart on you guys. Um, uh, one post even wrote a disclaimer in the event that some, uh, uh, that some people do show up in September and it says, hello, U.S. government, this is a joke. And I do not actually intend to go ahead with this plan. I just thought it'd be funny and give me some thumbsy upsies <laughs> on the internet. Uh, I'm not responsible if people decide to actually storm Area 51. And I, I agree with this guy's comment. I mean, to me, um, when I when I heard about this page and started, started looking at it, um, it sounds like complete sarcasm to me. And I personally think it's hilarious. This is like the shit we need on social media. This is just good good fun for everybody. Um but in the reality is, is people take everything so literally today, um, and sarcasm is missed by a majority of the people, and, and jokes are just missed by the majority of the people because people just want to be angry and upset instead of just happy and laughable. Um, so hopefully, we you know we don't get some diehard Area Fifty One alien fanatics arrested or even worse killed. I mean, because that that theoretically could happen. You get you get a couple hundred people show up at Area Fifty One, you start storming it, dude. Trust me, the, the U.S. government ain't gonna fuck around with you guys. Sorry. And I don't like that. I don't like government control like that, but it's just the facts of life, man. You got to know know your surroundings, know your role, know where you're at. You know, we uh we get act we can get access through different ways. Let's do it. Let's do it the right way, guys, if you want to really see what's in there. Um So we had a, a little uh serial killer in the making story come out of Clarksville, Florida this week. 13-year-old boy shanked his older brother which is weird. You, you think the older brother might, might shank the younger brother. Um, little homie told police he would rather be in jail than spend eight hours in a car with his sibling. He's like, I'm not going on a road trip with this guy. Sings off tune, farts, you know, eats all the eats all the snacks, you know, controls the radio, sings off tune. If I didn't say that already, I don't know if I did or not. The teenager uh, complained his 15-year-old brother had been teasing him before he slashed him three times with a pocket knife. Hey, yo, bitch. Makes you think I won't cut you. The victim was found bleeding heavily in the drive of, of, of his house in Florida while his siblings sat in the front seat of their car. The boy was arrested and charged with aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Uh, he said he had had enough of his brother and did not regret attacking him. His sibling was taken to the hospital for treatment, but it has since been released. Crazy. Just really, I mean, man, dude, I, I mean, me and my brother, we fought a little bit, but I never thought about stabbing him. I think I bit his back one time. I think I bit his back one time and, and took a little chunk out of it, out of his skin because he was beating me up. And that, and that was my recourse. You know, just a little, a little bite. A little cannibalism never hurt nobody. Um, yeah, scary, uh, his uh, in Tennessee, an eight-month-old girl died, and a five other young children were in. This is a horrific story, guys. Um, and five other young children were injured in a house fire while the victims' mother mothers were partying with friends. Yeah, real life. Needed to chase that dick that bad, I guess. Um, all the and all these kids involved were aged one to six years old, so they didn't even leave like a a ten year old in charge or eleven year old or a twelve year old, which I realistically wouldn't have that much of a problem with. Um, I think kids are more mature than you realize, but one to six, come on. I mean, what what the fuck? How's a six year old going to watch a one year old? Six year old can barely watch himself. Um, and and these moms, they were these weren't that old, which is crazy because what it's uh six kids. There's six kids involved. Between these two moms, and uh, one I think one had four and one had two, 
and they were only 23 and 25-year-old mothers. That's right. And they'd rather be at the club twerking it. What else? Um, a man was swept over Niagara Falls early Tuesday morning. Homie survived. So that happened. Uh, which is crazy. Niagara uh, Park Police in Ontario responded to a man they described as in crisis. I think he was. I think he was trying to commit suicide. Is is the going uh, theory right now? Uh, in the early uh, hours of the morning, um, they they responded only to find him climbing over the retaining wall. And then the man was quickly swept over Horseshoe Falls because, like you know, moving water don't play no fucking games. In case you missed it. Um, and if you don't believe me, go play in a tsunami. Prove me wrong. Homie was later found sitting on rocks in the lower Niagara uh, River at the Falls base without any life-threatening injuries. Now, don't get it twisted, guys. He fell over Horseshoe Falls, which is the largest of the three falls. So it wasn't like the small one. This thing, this thing is 167 feet high. He fell 167 feet or 15 and a half stories. No real injuries. And ironically enough, this incident occurred on the 59th anniversary of seven-year-old Roger Woodward, um, who survived a fall from horse, Horseshoe Falls without uh, with only a life jacket on. Now, he was with his sister and family friend, and they were involved in like a boating accident just upstream from the falls on July 9th, 1960, and he was swept over. Now, his sister was able to be rescued before she went over. But their family friend died. So a little seven-year-old boy made it over. Family friend, he out of here. Sister got rescued before the fall. Um, there are only a, a, a few other known survivors of Niagara Falls who went over without any protection, including an unidentified man in 2012, a Canadian man in 2009, and this, this fucking kook, Kirk Jones, in 2003... Now, 2003, Jones, whose body was found in Niagara River in 2017, so 14 years later, is thought to have died after attempting to go over the falls again in an inflatable ball. He just had to tempt that fate one more time, I guess. Like, just couldn't leave it alone. He's like, I'm going to get in a fucking inflatable ball. I'm going to go over this river and make it. Uh, a United Arab Emirates millionaire who is planning to drag an iceberg to the country announced he will carry out test run with smaller with a smaller iceberg by towing it to South Africa or Australia later this year. You heard that correct. Man, I love humans, man. Humans are fucking amazing, dude. This dude, I mean, just to even think of this story is awesome. In reality, what he's trying to do at least. Um, uh, Abdullah Ashihi, says a chunk of Antarctic ice uh, will be towed to either Cape Town or Perth at some point here in 2009. Now, the mission will act as a, a, like a test run for a much more ambitious project that Homie has planned, which he hopes will end with a hunk of ice measuring 1.2 miles by 550 yards. That's five and a half football fields for some perspective here by 1.2 miles being taken to the UAE. Now, the aim will be to provide the Emirates with a steady supply of fresh drinking water along with a tourist attraction. Now, he's like, oh, you know, I'm not only going to solve a serious problem with potential drought that we're facing, I'm going to make it a tourist attraction for little Timmy and Mary, bro. Uh, uh, El Sheehy says, um, as per our analysis, it will be cheaper to bring these icebergs rather than using desalination water now uh, which is gained by stripping the salt out of the seawater in case you in case you guys didn't know what that meant um, desalination plants require a huge amount of capital uh, capital investment and mean pumping a huge amount of seawater to the gulf and that and that just kills fish and a ton of marine life it's very disruptive um, now this this big chunk of ice he's gonna yank over to the country it's expected to lose around 30 percent of its mass during its 10-month journey from Heard Island near Antarctica. Ten, that's a long pull, man. Um, but this block will still, even with that 30% loss, 
This block will still provide millions of liters of fresh water to the Arab kingdom, as well as bringing national rain clouds by releasing cool, damp air. So that's cool. That's a cool little bit of nature. You pull in that cold air, and it makes clouds, puts moisture in the air, can can, uh, promote rain. You know, so that's a win-win. The final project will cost between 100 million and 150 million, in addition to 60 million to 80 million spent on the test run. So you're looking anywhere from 160 million to uh, 230 million dollars here to complete this. And I think it's only supposed to last about 10, uh, five years. Five years of water, one chunk. Um, if I remember from my, from another thing I was reading. Now, um, for reference, the UAE it's one of the most arid. Uh, arid countries and one of the top 10 most water scarce in the world due to its extremely arid climate which receives less than four inches of rainfall per year four inches of rainfall per year now if you live in my area of indiana bro we've been getting like four inches a day it seems like for months and they're getting four inches a year that's insanity um and despite that uh, only getting four inches a year and if you're you're a lady and you're only getting four inches a year i'm sorry um it consumes more water than double the global national average putting the country at severe risk of droughts over the next 25 years so it's consuming a ton of water even though it don't get none um so basically what it, what they're saying there is they're they're um um they're using up their water, like their water table, basically before it has time to replenish itself from natural rain, uh, is my guesstimate at least. Um, in the realm of bizarre, continuing with some bizarre stuff, uh, a 20-year-old Indian man stunned his grieving friends and family by becoming a real-life horror movie um, when he woke up at his own funeral. It's like, fuck it, let's just make a movie here, guys. Uh, Muhammad Furquan of, and you know, I love... Uh, I love cool names that like kind of match up, you know, the irony of a, of a name with something. This dude lives in luck now and you got some luck now guy. So congratulations. You're not dead. Um, which is a city in Northern India state of Uttar Pradesh. And he was admitted to a private hospital on June 21st after he was knocked unconscious in a serious accident. Now this patient was declared dead on July 1st, but only after his family allegedly informed the hospital staff that they could not afford to pay more than $10,000 of his multiplying medical bills. They're like, look, we only got $10,000. And and in reality, it's India. So India is pretty poor. $10,000 is probably a massive amount of savings for like the entire family, not just like, you know, one or two members of the family, like the entire family. If if I had a guess, and I'm just spitballing here. I don't know how true that is. Maybe they're wealthy. My, My guess is that was like, the family's everything, if I if if I had a guess. And they're like, well, fuck it, he can't pay, dead. So that same day, uh, Furquan's body was returned home to his family members who were in the process of burying him uh, when the unthinkable happened. So apparently as they were prepping him for burial, they started seeing movements in his leg, uh, limbs. So what do they do? You know, they just took him back to the hospital. You know, that just pronounced him dead, where he was then pronounced alive and then put on a, a ventilator support. Now, for uh, for Quan remains in critical condition, but is, quote, not brain dead, according to doctors. He has a pulse, blood pressure, and his reflexes are working. Now, Lucknow Chief Medical Officer Narendra uh, Agarwal acknowledged the incident and said the matter uh, quote, will be thoroughly probed. I'm sure it will, wink, wink. Now, getting buried alive uh, in the United States and Canada, it verges on impossible these days, partly due to modern embalming practices. Uh, but just to give you something to think about, in one disturbing 2001 incident, a 39-year-old woman woke up in a body bag at a funeral home in Ashland, Massachusetts. Now, due to the misjudgment of EMTs. That's right. The guy just fucked up, probably high, maybe drunk, who knows, maybe just retarded. Um, and and uh, this this person was found slumped over in her bathtub following a suicide attempt, and he brought her to a funeral home 
instead of the hospital. Yeah. Thankfully, in that case, the funeral home's direct director noticed that this woman was breathing and called paramedics. Because I mean, why wouldn't you just call the same people who just brought you the fuck up? Well, you can call them to, to, to you know to fix it. Um, thereby avoiding her premature burial. Another little interesting story that's uh, maybe may, may be true, maybe not be true. Uh, scientists say they may have identified the earliest signs of our species uh, outside Africa. They found a chunk of a skull recovered from a cave in southern Greece from someone who I hope was, you know, not buried alive like the last guy. Um, its estimated age is at least 210,000 years old, making it 16,000 or more years older than an upper jawbone from Israel that was reported uh, last year. It shows our species began leaving Africa much earlier than previously thought, if it's true. Now, the travelers to Greece evidently, as of what we know right now, left no descendants alive today. Um, other research has established that the exodus from Africa that led to our worldwide spread didn't happen until almost 100 years later than this finding. Uh, the new work is the latest sign of earlier what they call dead-end exits from the continent where Homo sapiens evolved, um, which makes sense. You know, people were like trying it out, and then just, you know, obviously they weren't making it. The world wasn't ready. For, you know, the rest of the planet wasn't ready for us yet in terms of its, its evolution, if you didn't know. We used to be very high in CO2. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, our atmosphere used to be almost entirely methane, guys. Methane and CO2. Sorry about your luck. And then, and then as, the, uh, as the earth cooled, the CO2 vaporized, became a liquid, and made the oceans. The number one polluter of CO2 in our world, the oceans. Google that shit. Um, so in case, and, and, and in case you have forgotten, you know, we, you are all my brothers and sisters. We come from the exact same place. You're no different than me. We're homo, we're homo sapiens. We got the exact same DNA. We're all the same shit. We come from the exact same place. The reason why my skin's white and your skin's, uh, not is because of how we left. So people went to colder climates where the sunlight was blocked out by clouds and it was rainy and humans need vitamin D and vitamin D is produced on the skin by sunlight. You get uh, a sun deprivation. You get really depressed. You can actually die from not having sun. And in order for us to uh, get the sunlight we needed, we evolved to have lighter skin. Some of us so that they could absorb the sunlight better where people who stayed in the darker areas and the hotter uh, the hotter regions, I should say, the lighter, uh, the more sun areas, skin darkened or stayed dark as it already was dark because it needed the protection from the sun so they wouldn't get burnt, you know, wouldn't burn up basically. That's it. That's the difference. Sorry to burst your bubble. We, we need to stop dividing each other. We're all one. We're all in this together. We're all the same. Um, now, the fossil from the rear of the skull was actually found decades ago and uh, excavated in the late 1970s from the uh, Epidema Cave in the southern uh, Peloponnese region of Greece and later kept in the University of Athens Museum. Um, quote, not a lot of attention was paid to it, said uh, Katrina uh, Harvati of the University of Tübingen in Germany, who was invited to study the fossil. Like, hey, come here. We, we come here and look at this, uh, this thing we have. We haven't really paid no attention to it, but uh, it, it seems kind of cool. Now, to establish the age, her and her team, they analyzed bits of bone from this fossil. Now, to identify what species it came from, the researchers compared a virtual reconstru uh, reconstruction to the shapes of fossils from known species. Harvati said finding evidence that our species had reached Greece by uh, that time was initially a surprise, though in hindsight, it's not that difficult to imagine that it would have happened. And I kind of agree with that, to be honest with you. Um, but some other scientists are not so convinced that the fossils reported age and identification and or are correct. Um, this dude, Warren Sharp, um, an expert on dating fossils at Berkeley uh, Geochronology Center in California, said at 
um, the age of 210,000 years is not well supported by the data. This dude, Ian Tattersall of the American Museum of Natural History in New York called the case for identifying the fossils as homo sapiens pretty shaky. Um, its shape is sh suggestive, he admits, but it's incomplete and it lacks features that would make it uh, make the identification firmer. Um, he said in an email, so it's like, yeah, but it would be a lot firmer, you know, if yeah, we just had a little bit more. In response, Harvati said, though, that the back of a skull is very useful in differentiating uh, Homian sapiens from Neanderthals and other related species, and that several lines of evidence support the identification. Uh, at a press conference, Harvati said it's not clear whether scientists will be able to recover DNA or proteins from the fossils uh, to confirm its identity. So we don't know right now. Uh, I guess we'll have to check back in on that story. If we're still doing chromatic distortion in five years and they, and they identify some DNA or some proteins, you know, maybe we'll hit that We'll hit that story up because that would be a cool topic. Um, all right, let's finish up with uh, the two massive earthquakes that rocked Southern California last week. I'm sure all of you heard about them. Um, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to dig too deep in like what they actually were, but there was some cool thing that happened. Um, and, and it didn't just only damage roads and, and spark some fires, but it also left a crack in the earth so large that it can be seen from, seen from space, which is pretty cool. So Planet Labs, uh, Inc. captured before and after satellite photos on July 4th and 6th that show a rupture in the Earth's surface near the epicenter of Friday's 7.1 magnitude quake, which was 11 miles north-northeast of Ridgecrest, uh, California. Now, these photos were shared on Twitter by this dude named Will Marshall, so look it up and check out these pictures. They're really pimp. Um, and he's the CEO of San Francisco-based Earth Imaging Company. This, this crack stretches through the Mojave Desert and across the highway. So just... Uh, I, I want to make sure everyone's aware this crack does um, go across a highway. It's deep. Peter should probably get involved, make sure no chickens are trying to cross that road. We, we don't want no chicken deaths. I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, now, Friday's quake, which followed Thursday's 6.4 magnitude earthquake, occurred along a series of small faults related to the San Andreas Fault. I'm sorry, unrelated to the San Andreas Fault which is uh, a 750-mile fault line running across the entire length of California. That's why they used to say uh, California is going to fall into the ocean. Excuse me, because they thought that, you know, the San Andreas Fault would just blow up. And then, because when I was a kid, earthquakes were a lot more prevalent, it seemed like, out in California. At least if you heard about them a lot more. Maybe they're not. Maybe they just we don't hear about them as much because they're so much more common. I don't really know. But um, you don't ever hear anyone saying California is getting ready to fall off into the ocean anymore. They're peddling that idea to scare people back in my childhood. Just, just, a, and, and also we were headed towards nice age. Just going to throw that out there. Um, but um, these earthquakes were, even though we don't hear about them money, they were the strongest to hit the state in two decades. So they were big. They were massive. And uh, uh, which was great because there wasn't, uh, the good thing about it was there wasn't a lot of damage. There was no injuries reported that I'm aware of, at least serious injuries. Um, and, and only about $100 million worth of de uh, uh, damage. They claim that if it was like a little closer to Los Angeles, there would have been a lot more damage, obviously. But since it was so far away from, I don't want to say civilization, but where people, you know, civilize, um, uh, their damage was minimized. So that, that's, a, that's a good thing for everybody. Uh, all right, guys. That's, uh, that's all I got for you today. We do have a Serial Killer Edition episode coming up next. That'll be probably be on the two-week uh, turnaround. Maybe not. I don't know who I'm doing it on yet, but if I get it together in time, I'll, I'll do the back-to-back-to-back again because, fuck it, I want to start rolling that out as soon as possible. Um, also, remember, I will be releasing those weekly one-minute rants with Chromatic Distortion, and those will only be available on Chromatic Distortion Podcast Instagram page. That's at Chromatic Distortion Podcast on Instagram. Follow it. Tell your friends. Share the content. Support my shit. Um, with that, I'm going to leave you guys with some 4th of July inspirational words from my homie Joey Coco Diaz. And then we'll, you know, obviously play out that song like we always do. Uh, remember, the world is full of good people. If you can't find one, be one. I'll catch you on the flip side. Get up, cocksuckers. It's all over. Listen, we had a rough couple of months, but it don't matter. 
They want to shoot. It's time for us to fucking shoot, cocksuckers. They want to get down and dirty. Don't forget who the fuck we are. You understand me? We're the baddest motherfuckers out there. You send a message to that fucking North Korean. He's going to be sniffing my dick and sucking my asshole. That's the focus. We're going to North Korea in like a year. It's going to be an island. It's going to glow in the dark. You know why? Because we're Americans, cocksuckers. Who the fuck do you think you're dealing with? Stop with the gun control. They're selling more guns than ever the last three days. Stop with the fucking whining. Stop with the Russians on Facebook. I don't give a fuck. Worry about yourself. Keep your eyes open. And get the fuck off Snapchat and fucking Twitter. Fucker. Stay black. Worry about yourself, bitches. You have just witnessed the lyrical stylistics of chromatic distortion. She watches too much, it's just not healthy All my children in the daytime, Dallas at night Can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight The bill collectors, they ring my phone And scare my wife when I'm not home Got a bum education, double digits, inflation Can't take the train to the job, there's a strike at the station Me on King Kong, standing on my back Can't stop to turn around Broke my sacroiliac, a mid-range migraine Cancer membrane, sometimes I think I'm going insane I swear I might hijack a plane Don't push me, call, I'm close to the Daddy, I 
don't want to go to school because the teacher's a jerk. He must think I'm a fool. And all the kids go reefer. I think it'd be cheaper if I just got a job, learn to be a street sweeper. I dance to the beat, shuffle my feet, wear a shirt and tie, and run with the creeps. Because it's all about money. Ain't a damn thing funny. You got to have a con in this land of milk and honey. They push that girl in front of the train. Took her to the doctor, sold her arm on the game. Stabbed that man right in his heart. Gave him a transplant for a brand new spot. I can't walk through the park cause it's crazy after dark. Keep my hand on my gun cause they got me on the run. I feel like an outlaw. Broke my last glass jaw. Hear them say, you want some more? Living on a seesaw. Don't push me cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Say what? It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. A child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. God is smiling on you, but he's frowning too, because only God knows what you'll go through. You'll grow in the ghetto, living second rate, and your eyes will sing a song of deep hate. The places you play and where you stay looks like one great big alleyway. You'll admire all the number book takers, thugs, pimps, and pushers, and the big money makers. Driving big cars, spending 20s and 10s, and you want to grow up to be just like them. <laughs> Smugglers, scramblers, burglars, gang. Pickpocket peddlers, even panhandlers You say I'm cool, I'm no fool But then you wind up dropping out of high school Now you're unemployed, all non-void Walking around like your pretty boy Floyd Turned stick up kid, but look what you done did Got sent up for an eight year bid Now your manhood is took and you're a make tag Spend the next two years as an undercover fag Being used and abused to serve like hell Till one day you was found hung dead in the cell It was plain to see that your life was lost You was cold and your body swung back Fall. But now your eyes sing the sad, sad song of how you live so fast and die so young. So don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> Yo, Mel, you see that girl, man? This podcast is produced by the artist formerly known as Vag Splitter.